Blog Talk Radio. Do you believe that death is the end? Or is it just a new beginning? A new beginning. Does our soul continue to evolve? Or is it buried six feet under? Spiritual encounters and unexplained phenomena have intrigued people for centuries. But what if you could find the answer? Right here. Right here. Right now. Right now. Welcome to Heavenly Encounters. Heavenly Encounters. Where we will talk with everyday people who have had extraordinary experiences and gifted souls that see beyond the veil. Beyond the veil. Together, we'll diminish our fear of death, explore our soul's evolution, and soften the crippling grief that accompanies loss. Heavenly Encounters. You, our listeners, will discover a new world. A new world. A fresh reality. A fresh reality. Just a whisper away. Heavenly Encounters. So take a deep breath and join us on this fascinating adventure. This is Heavenly Encounters. Heavenly Encounters. A journey to the other side. Heavenly Welcome to Heavenly Encounters, A Journey to the Other Side. I am your host, Mary Elizabeth, broadcasting from Chicago, Illinois. And I'm your co-host, Janice, broadcasting live from St. Louis, Missouri. Today's show is on how a mother and son communicate between worlds to heal others. I have known our guest for about 10 years, and she is one of the most amazing women that I know. She has dealt with the heartbreaking deaths of her son, John, and then started to first communicate with him through digital photos on her camera, and then co-creating sound therapy programs with John from the other side. Now, Janice, in a similar kind of way, isn't, doesn't this kind of remind you of how you work with your spirit guide cement on your healing oils? Right, right. There was a very, very strong connection, even though cement wasn't present in this lifetime. You know, the other half of your soul, you know, once they're on the other side, you have this open communication, and it is so very, very easy to hear them and, and to be taught by them. And so Regina is really blessed because it's such a rare, rare occurrence. Wonderful. Well, our guest is Regina Murphy. She is a licensed massage therapist, Reiki master, certified in the body talk system and acutonics level one, and is a founder of the Emotional Sound Techniques Association, she and her son, John, also started a local nonprofit corporation called Love in Action, which has helped local organizations financially who care for children with emotional problems. She is also the author of The Elusive Gift of Tragedy, a book about her life and her son's death. Regina, welcome to the show. Welcome. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. Well, let's start with Before Your Son John Crossed. What kind of healing work were you doing? Well, I was already into um, energy psychology, which is the tapping, mm-hmm. and also sound therapy. As a matter of fact, he funded my first research project into sound therapy with Dr. Ebert's Attractor Field Therapy Sound Therapy Products. So I was already way into it, and he was a gifted musician, and so was his father and grandfather and, you know, on and on. Right. So he had a lot of music. I had no talent. I couldn't. 
I couldn't even read the first page of Music Theory 1 and understand it. So I am the least likely person to have produced vibroacoustic frequency-infused sound therapy products. It just could never have come from me because I I know nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, a couple of months before his death, you started seeing these really strange things in pictures of your digital camera. What was happening? Well, um, I had gotten a digital camera about a year before he died and really never was, I was never a camera nut at all. But then I had got a boat and I would take pictures of the sky. And of course, I would get these moving orbs and these really amazing things. And then Mm -hmm. people would, I'd have people even take pictures of me. And like my crown chakra came out in one and I'm like, oh my goodness, look at that. And um, so I was already intrigued by sound and photography, and I had an aura camera for 10 years prior, uh, from 1998, actually, I got my aura camera. So I was learning about energy psychology at that point. So I was already dabbling in everything that I do now. And so he was aware of my connection to those things. So what did you see then on the night of his actual death? Well, of course, I believed he was coming home. He he had moved out. He he bought a house and he he said, "Mom, I have to come home." He was having he was only 19 and he had way too much money from he kept getting in car accidents. He got hit by a car, then he would get got hit by a cop and he had all this money. So he bought a house, he was too young, and he said, Mom, I have to come home, I have to come home. So he was coming home on October 2nd, and Mm -hmm. um, the night before, I was on my boat, and I took a picture. It was a new moon, so there was nothing in the sky whatsoever. But in this picture, what appeared to be a full moon with an angel next to it appeared in the the picture and Tony Stubbs was alive he was on the boat with me that Mm -hmm. night and he saw that in the um, little thing on the camera he's like he goes you have to learn how to send that to me tomorrow morning I had no idea how to upload a picture or send it right I got up early in the morning and I did you know I was like I'm gonna have to learn this thing and um, it turned out that that big giant angel was like right over my son's house and um, that was just hours before he died. Oh, wow. Now, you had told me that you both kind of knew that John was going to die, and that you two would also communicate afterwards. So did you have any idea when you saw that orb and that, that big moon and that angel that that's, that was John? Yes. Yes, he knew and I knew. Every psychic that I spoke to, every astrologer that I spoke to, for some reason had permission to tell me that he was going to die. And I know that's not the norm. Right. And um, he spoke of it all the time. We, he always talked about Harry Chapin, one of his favorite musicians, who d- predicted his own death in one of his songs at the age of 33. And, um, some, you know, he talked about some tragedy will befall me at, on, at the age of 33. And he would say, see, Mom, Harry's predicting his own death, and I made my funeral CD. And I would be, you know, I would do what every normal mother would do, get hysterical or something like that. Right. Well, I can't imagine that made it any easier when he actually did cross. You know what? How can you know? You know, I've only experienced it one time, and 
you know, how I, I wouldn't know um, if it could have made it easier or, you know, I, I think maybe I was always ready, like when the phone rang or knock came on the door, I was always ready uh, for that to be what happened. And when I was on the boat that morning and I saw his friends and their parents running mm-hmm. to me, because I was on the boat tying up the boat, worried that my meatballs didn't have enough breadcrumbs. <laughs> <laughs> He's Italian. He's coming home. I had to have the right. you know traditional macaroni, and um, that's what my big worry was that he knew he's going to know that my meatballs are not good. And um, I saw them all running, and I just said, "How did he die?" I mean, there was no need for right. I knew yeah. that that's why they were coming, and so I think I was always ready, and I just knew Mary had him, and uh-huh. um, it was I have always had such an incredibly close relationship with the Blessed Mother, and I knew she had him. So I felt right. very peaceful and went and comforted uh, the kids that actually believed that they were at fault. And I had to explain to them that this was all part of the plan. I mean, Catella right. told me just two weeks prior, you know, that it was coming during right. lunch. Right, I didn't hear her. Wow. I mean, I blocked her out, but she yeah. did tell me that. Wow. So then when did John start communicating with you from the other side? How long did that take? Well, of course, I thought I saw his eyelids move, you know, and when he was in the coffin, and, um, you know, but that had to have been trauma. But um, right. I think I started to hear him about maybe two weeks later. He would tell me to do things because I couldn't find... I couldn't find any of his pictures or any of our videos. And I went over to his piano where he gave me a, a crystal, and I, and I said, you better tell me right now because I'm, like, going to be hysterical. And he told me exactly where to go, um, and I found them. And then the picture that was on top, he said, now I want you to go here and tell this man in the picture this message. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, I wasn't ready to be considered that crazy yet. <laughs> I mean, it's ba- it's bad enough to believe in sound therapy where right, no right. no one gets that, uh-huh. and energy psychology at that time the tapping was considered even crazier, and so now I was going to have the triple crown of crazy. Um, now I was also going to talk to my dead son, so it was like, right. oh god. Did you have any me. doubt that it wasn't him? I mean, did you know when you heard him that yep, that's John? Oh yeah, he's Italian, and it's not, it's not like you know. He's like it's not like a York. whisper. Not a whisper when he talks to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he, and it's not like he answers me. It's never, um, oh John, tell me this, you know. Right. It's like he, I'm his flunky, and I get orders from him when you know he wants me to do something for him, and then he'll leave me hanging. And or just say no, you can't have that, or no, we're not doing that, or you know, or pull this right. bed, or go do that, you know, go do something right. really crazy. So, how so, did the photos actually then start changing uh, once John had crossed? Well, probably about um, maybe two or three months after he died, uh, then he showed up in a picture, clear as day, playing yeah. guitar over my sister. Uh, like playing it for her, and she had just been diagnosed with breast cancer, 
and had several strokes and needed two 18-hour operations on her brain. Oh, so, wow. Like, she was, yeah, she was in really uh, in a precarious situation. And um, then he came out uh, over her in the photograph, and that's when it was like, okay, now the camera's really getting crazy. And right. I loved it, and I just, you know, couldn't, I just thought it was the best thing ever. And then started using it in my healing room, and, um, you know, it just kept getting better and better. Right. Well, I remember a session that we did, and there was like this black stuff coming out from my head. There were all these different colors. And I actually remember something that looked like a little, almost like a gremlin, like hiding um, in kind of that, some of that black stuff. And it was just, I remember you saying this was a live picture, that, you know, it would change from hour and hour to day to day. And I just, I was so amazed um, by what you were doing. Yeah, it was pretty, it was a real learning experience. Right. And Janice, do you have a question? Well, no, but I was just going to say that I remember the photo when she did it because I think that right. she showed it to me. And it was extraordinary. It was absolutely extraordinarily beautiful. Right. Well, I really remember one that I remember John told you to go to a cemetery and to help cross some children. And you had shown me that photo. And, I, you know, there were like six little just angelic little faces in that photo. It was just I mean, just mind-blowing. It really was. Yes, it, that was a very special day because um, after I followed, well, Danielle Garcia came to me and said, your son's in the cemetery. I walked right up to his grave, mm-hmm. didn't know where it was, and he, you know, he was there. And I'm like, yeah, right. He wouldn't be hanging out in the cemetery. Why would he be there? Right. And she said, no, no, he, he wants you to do something. And I'm like, yeah, okay. So I usually tend to not believe anything that, uh, you know, is real. I, I live right. in denial. Denial is not just the name of a river in Egypt. It's my middle name. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> in spite of everything that's happened to her, she's still in denial. <laughs> so, so how does he come to you? I'm sorry, how does he come to you? I know obviously he talks to you, but do you ever see him other than the photo? Do you ever do you feel him? Um, I have seen him twice. Um, I have, he's awakened me in the middle of the night and talked to me, sat on my bed for hours, um, where I couldn't see him, but I could hear him and feel him. Right. And, um, and I would always try and write down those, uh, I, I really don't have an unpublished thought or experience or, um, anything that I do. I immediately make digital because I'm always hoping he's going to come to get me. (laughs) soon (laughs) (laughs) you've got too much work to do yeah so anyway um i make every everything everything he teaches me i make it's on facebook it's on my website it's somewhere written um and you know translated Uh, but he comes and he talks to you just kind of out of curiosity because i know with sunmed it's it's sometimes the, the voice changes or whatever do you pick up a certain frequency or a certain sound? Is that how you identify him? It depends on where I am at and where he is at. Um, sometimes I can hear him like I'm hearing you. Right. Other times it's like he put a flash drive in my in the back of my in a USB port. Yes. And and just gave me information to say, do or um, something that I needed to know. Um, so it, 
and other times it's a, a feeling that I know he's pushing me, and then occasionally he will actually touch me and move, like a couple of weeks, months ago, he just kept moving my head and um, telling me no, you know, something I wanted, and he would go no. <laughs> <laughs> kind of but a role loves, reversal. <laughs> yeah, he loves to say no, you can't have that, Mom, and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. Well, well, let's talk about sound therapy. What exactly uh, is it, and then how does John help you with that? Okay, well, sound therapy, you know, sound is everywhere, so we're constantly inundated with sound, whether it is a radio wave, um, whether it is music from, you know, what we're playing, or sitting next to a, a kid that's got 12 subwoofers in the car and vibrating our car, you know. Mm -hmm. So it never stops. We're always receiving sound. As a matter of fact, being denied all sound, I think, could make us completely insane in a soundproof room for a long period of time. Um, we need sound. Uh, it's it's what feeds us, but what feeds us most is the sound from our own voices. So the definition, the simple definition of sound therapy is the use of any sound that enhances our health or uh emotional, physical, spiritual health in any way. So that is sound therapy. Um, now, try and get a little deeper. What is a sound therapy product? And, you know, how do we get sound into the body? This is an ongoing answer that would take, you know, literally a week just to read right. what I've written about it and knew nothing about literally 11 years ago and am discovering on a daily basis just the most amazing stuff. I mean, it never stops. I always think, oh, right. I'm done now. Right? <laughs> Not right. <yet. laughs> there is no such thing as the end. Right, right, Jan. It's like you're always done with your oils. There is no such thing. There is no <laughs> such thing, yeah. <laughs> Well, Regina, you have such a, you and John both have such a passion, you know, for children. How has this actually helped, like, autistic kids? Well, I, uh, I just posted a YouTube where I went to the St. Therese Center. Uh, Father Joseph O'Brien is the executive director there, and that's an outreach for HIV and AIDS. But uh, the Engelstadt family gave him a kind of a hotel and um, it used to be it used to be a convent, and it has a commercial kitchen in it. So he invited. He has basic high school, uh, their autistic class come every day for cooking class. And I didn't know what to expect when I said, "Father, I'm coming out. I need a three minute testimonial." And uh, he started talking. Uh, his three minutes is hilarious, by the way, because he's a great speaker. I mean, he's a Dominican. Right. And um, so he starts talking about this girl that has Tourette's syndrome. And, um, of course, no one expected that the autism DVD would completely stop her tics and get her to cooperate because what goes along with Tourette's is oppositional defiant disorder, which means I'm not doing it. So um, basically when, the, when it's not on, he said the class is chaos, but when it is on, she doesn't make any noises, there's no ticks, there's no outbursts, and she not only participates, but participates meticulously, specifically on the icing, on the cupcakes, and she's the easiest person to get along with. But then he brought up the other child, who's a, quite a large 
um, Pacific Islander who never does anything, ever, but behaves and follows every direction. But the funniest part was that, you know, there's a lot of intestinal issues with autism. And, of course, he has, like, the worst gas ever. And he, <laughs> yeah. His description uh, of how he can clear the room and the fear that everyone lives in um, of choking to death <laughs> is so funny. And yet, when the music's on, there is no, he doesn't pass gas at all. Oh, my wow. God. But, of course, to hear him tell it in his, you right. know, Ricardo Montalbaum Dominican outfit is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's really very oh, funny. Gosh. And you could go to my YouTube channel, which is Regina Murphy, um, and see it. It's probably, like, you know, two down because I just recorded right. it two weeks ago. Right. Well, you know, you do a lot of healing and sound therapy on your boat, and what kind of miracles have you experienced there? Okay, well, you know, my husband is, most people donate their body to science after they die. Well, that's <laughs> <laughs> donated it to me before he dies by almost <laughs> all the time. Um, oh, my gosh. It's really, it's not funny. I mean, we were down to planning. I was down to literally a month ago, you know, planning the party. Okay. It was like, I need to call the party planner here because he's going, you know, he's, he's, he's right. going fast. And, um, so I have this unexpected, um, client requested by, uh, Dr. Wen, a very close friend of mine. She says, I know you don't like clients anymore, but this is big. Okay, so she lost three grown sons, and after I work with her, I tell her that um, that my son was on the other side and that he started this whole thing by flashing this light, giant red 727, and let me spend two years trying to figure out what the heck that meant. So um, she said, oh, my son Mark is telling me the number 204 all the time, and I'm like, uh. I know I knew that was for me. I knew that. Right, right. So I take a picture at that moment, and there's three lights in the picture, which I know were her three sons. And I go home and I research what this 204 does. Well, the only thing, and sound frequencies are used in many different programs, like the 727 is in over 400 programs. So the number 204 is only used for fungal infection in the lungs that affects infants and people that have um, diminished immunity. So hmm. I know that this has got to be made, and I know it's got to be made quick. So I immediately call another, you know, guy that's here in the United States that does this with me, and he makes the 204 program and a Luna lullaby for babies. It's magnificent. So I get it on June 27th and on June 26th, Friday night in the mail, at this point, my husband's ankles are like grapefruit, so he's having congestive heart oh, no. failure. Mm. And his lungs on oxygen couldn't even make it to a 90. And um, oh, wow. he's hospitalized at that. So um, basically, I had spoken that day to his cardiologist and his lung doctor and his primary, and they said if he gets short of breath, go to the emergency room. Well, naturally, now, all of a sudden, he's really short of breath. And I'm like, oh, God, I know they kill people in the emergency room. 
and I just hear John say to me, play the baby program, meaning the new one I just got. Right. Right. I put it on in the kitchen where he's leaning on the kitchen counter so he can breathe because at that point sitting down was going to stop more oxygen. And he his he just starts to breathe normally within like three minutes. Now, wow. within five hours, his oxygen, while on oxygen, went up to 95. And he hadn't been over 90 in over two weeks. Wow. Oh, my gosh. So it was like another miracle. So this is right. the ongoing miracle. So we went back to the lung doctor, and his lung function went up from a 40 to um, a 48, which they just look at me like, you know, look, we know that doesn't happen, and we know yeah, that right. that's what the test says, and let's just be happy. And, you know, another, you know, the glazed over your crazy look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right, right. Wow. Well, you know what, Regina, we have time for one more question, and this is specifically for our listeners. And when we talked about this a couple days ago, this was probably the most profound explanation of this I have ever heard from anyone. And what we were talking about is that, you know, we have always heard that our thoughts affect our body. But what actually does happen in terms of vibration, you know, when we get angry or we're happy or we're just stressed out? What can you tell our listeners? Okay. When we are in what is called coherence, and this is a heart math phrase. Um, heart Math Institute has been studying um, how the brain and the heart communicate and how to be in coherence. In other words, they're working together, like if all four of your wheels on your shopping cart are working together, no mm-hmm. problem. But when one of them is off, you're, you're off. So um, when we are in coherence, we literally emit a vibration of one hertz from ourselves. So we are becoming this sound generator. So instead of receiving things out of the air, like what's coming from your television, what's coming from Mm -hmm. the other guy near you, you're the sound producer of 0.1 hertz. This will heal your body. This will heal your mind. This will heal everyone in your vicinity. You could probably stop a robbery in action by being in the vicinity of it just by sending out that hertz. Wow. So when we're off that, which is, you know, the minute we have our things to do list going and we're, you know, in our normal state, we're vibrating somewhere between um, zero hertz, which is not as good as 0.1, up to maybe 10 hertz. And it's very chaotic. Okay, so right. just like our brains, we're, we're just, we're kind of chaotic. We got this thought coming in, no, that thought's coming in. But when we're in the coherent state, we become the sound generator, so we become the tuning fork. We do not wow, actually, amazing. yeah, we don't need any of my products if you can stay there. And you are not um, resisting any of them either. So, for instance, right. if someone is in that state and they put on, let's say, wound healing, um, there's a woman who downloaded it into her uh, computer who had a um, uh, a wound that she had been having dressed every every day by the nurse. And she was in one of those wound hospitals in Canada. Right. So it yeah, was right. a serious, serious wound, and it had never healed. Well, she downloaded for 
healing, regeneration, and wound care. The nurse came, changed the bandage. The wound was Wow, it was healed. Wow. Uh You know what? We are almost out of time. Where can people find you? Where where do you want to send them to? Do you have a good website? Yes, uh, soundsforselftreatment.com. So that's the plural, soundsforselftreatment.com. And you can download any audio or video from there. You can buy the CD, DVD, or you can go to my YouTube, and I have as many as I can up there, and you can download them there for free. So this is, and when you sign up for the newsletter, you get five for free. Um, It is my goal to be the digital lords, okay? (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Regina. It has been an absolutely fascinating show. I I didn't expect anything less. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure. I can't believe it's over. <laughs> I know. I know. Thank you so much. Thank Bye. you. Good, Good night. night. Good night. night. Okay, real quick. We have got illuminations. 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 It's time for illuminations. illuminations. Food for your mind. Okay, Janice, you're up. Well, this is a quote from Sir Walter Scott. The silver link, the silken tie which heart-to-heart and mind-to-mind in body and in soul can bind. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. We are out of time. Thank you for another fascinating show, and thank you to our wonderful listeners for joining us once again. And remember, please email us and share your Heavenly Encounters at heavenlyencountersradio at gmail.com. Until our next show, be inspired, be empowered, and be well. You've been listening to Heavenly Encounters, a journey to the other side. Good night. Good night. Good night.